Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. People Caravine was bothering him. Now here comes Sebastian Ajo. He's got a break. In on Lundquist. To Svechnikov. He scores! The hat trick for Andrei Svechnikov. The first one in Kane's organization history in the postseason. And the Canes go up 4-1. to one. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Well, that was fun. Once again, the Canes got out early, and once again, they reap the benefits. I am Adam Gold. Welcome to the Morning After podcast, the afternoon after the Hurricanes take a 2-0 series lead on the Rangers with a 4-1 win. We are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, the people to call are the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can find them online at aluminumcompany.com. They are phenomenal people. Sammy and his crew do great work. All right, so uh, after game one on Saturday, which was a textbook solid, we'll call that a road game, if you will, the way they played, just solid, didn't really allow the Rangers much. Uh, After that, you knew this was going to be different. And I thought on Saturday, starting quickly, on the scoreboard was very important because of the opponent trying to get uh, keep the Rangers out of their heads. Everybody can say everything you want, uh, but players know history, and it's hard to push past history. And Henrik Lundqvist had had this team's number for the better part of his entire career, better against the Hurricanes than any other opponent. Maybe you can make an argument for Detroit, uh, but he had been amazing against the Hurricanes, obviously, 3-0 and this year. So getting that first goal in Game 1, 61 seconds in, was big. Well, they waited a whole four and a half minutes to open the scoring here. Carolina, tough defense, taking the body, and they come away. Ajo over the Rangers line to Svechnikov. He scores! Andre Svechnikov snaps it past Lundqvist. And the Canes grab the early lead again. Defense to offense. You're going to remember that phrase from game two. Defense to offense. Ajo, especially in his own end, was spectacular today. Uh, And he and Svechnikov do a little give and go across the blue line. Uh, And I don't know what the armpit hole is, but right armpit, I think Shane Willis in the broadcast uh, in the postgame called it the seven hole. Uh, That's fine. It's not five hole. We know where that is. Uh, But between the arm and the body, right up underneath the pit, and that's where Svechnikov beat Lundqvist for a one nothing lead, uh, basically four and a half minutes in. The real story in this one early, for my money, was the play of Peter Morazic. Two massive saves early, one on Brett Hoden, and then after Artemi Panarin had made it 1-1 with a 5-on-3 goal that Peter almost got, by the way. He almost got all the way over to the post 
uh, he flashed his glove and it hit off his the ed- edge of his glove and continued in the net. I mean, it certainly wasn't Peter's fault. Five on three goal. Uh, but he almost got that one. But with 1-1 and the Rangers really pushing, he stoned Mika Zibanejad. 60 seconds gone in the penalty to Jordan Martino. Now Zibanejad walks in on Morazic and another dazzling glove save. Oh, he's Houdini with the glove so far this afternoon. It was phenomenal. There's uh, Mike Maniscalco. It's better than the other uh, great save, uh, the the Howden save, where uh, Maniscalco went, uh, dear Gussie again. <laughs> I remember that from the Ranger game, from the uh, the Washington game in the exhibition. Uh, so that's the second dear Gussie. The Hurricanes are now one and one when dear Gussie makes an appearance. I thought the period ended one one. I thought the Canes were outplayed in the first. I that's the way I looked at it. They, they score the first goal. They give up a five-on-three power play goal. They had a couple of other power plays they had to kill. I personally believed that the Rangers were the better team in the first period. But you survived it, and you survived it because of Mrazek, who played uh, just a spectacular game, I thought. Really wasn't tested to me in the third period, uh, but... In the first two periods, Peter Morazic was the uh, was the best player on the ice for the Hurricanes. Without him, uh, they probably would have been staring at a deficit. I don't think there's any question uh, about that. I didn't think Carolina was all that much better in the second period. They were better in the second period. Uh, but Brendan Smith took a penalty 108 into the second. Three seconds later, Svetch again. Down low from Terabayanajo Svetchnikov. Smith is going to go to the box for high sticking Kings power play back at it. Spetsnikov scores! A bomb from just on top of the circle, off the draw. Second goal of the game, and second time today that Andre Spetsnikov has put the Kings in the lead. Aho wins the faceoff back to Vatanen, who turns it over to the point to the other, uh, pass it over to the other side of the point where Spetsnikov just let loose uh, with a riser. Uh, I will just say this, that the uh, the first two goals of the Hurricanes scored today, both by Svechnikov, are goals that Henrik Lundqvist probably, a couple of years ago, doesn't let in. The uh, first goal he had, maybe uh, Lundqvist was leaning a little bit glove side, and Svechnikov beat him short side in between the arm and the body. And on this one, man, from that far out with a clear look at it, I just you 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 can't allow that goal. If if Peter Morazic had allowed that goal, uh, we would all be uh, we would all be mad. But uh, it probably knuckled a little bit. Didn't look like the puck was completely saucering, but bomb of a shot. It's two nothing, Carolina. Now you've heard Rod Brindamore talk about team, 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 team. All twenty guys roll four lines. All of the cliches. But with this group, it's really, really important. And we'll get to that in a second. The Svetch goal came at 111. Uh, by the way, it was from, uh, I think it was Aho and Vatnin. Uh, the first two goals were uh, Svechnikov from Aho and Vatnin. Uh, so that goal came at 111. 111 later, the depth advantage showed as the fourth line cashed in. As the Rangers have to reverse it, but can't clear. Kept in at the blue line, where it's handled by McGinn on the near boards. Martin to Kiki. Out for Martin scores! 
Myers. Oh, what great work by that line. Martinuk, Geeky, and McGinnis. Jordan Martinuk with a huge goal. The Kings go up 3-1. to one. It happened quick, too, because, again, I didn't think Carolina was that much better in the second period than they were in the first. But 2.22 into the period, they have a 3-1 lead. It gives you a lot of uh, a, a chance to relax a little bit, and you don't. You, I mean, you don't want to relax, but it just gives you some breathing room. And seriously, seventeen and a half left in the second period. Canes uh, had a two goal lead in this, and they still they were not in control. But that line was so good. We'll talk more about that later. And by the way, I should point out that Alec Campbell will be joining me uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, here's what the Canes weren't, though, in the second period. They weren't completely in control, but they also weren't in the penalty box. Zero second-period penalties. They started the period four-on-four. Four. I think it was Buchnevich and Martinuk uh, took matching minors uh, as the first period expired, so they started the period four-on-four uh, four hockey, but there were no power plays for the Rangers in the second period. Uh, better period? Obviously, you scored twice, so you won the period. Um, but it w- certainly wasn't what Carolina and Rod Brindamore want to see uh, because there were still a lot of chances that uh, the Rangers didn't connect on. Maybe a Ranger team a few months ago might have been uh, a little bit more in sync than they appear to me to be now because the Rangers really didn't do much with the chances Carolina was allowing. Carolina had a hard time clearing the puck out of the zone. There was a lot of just batting it out to center ice. Uh, And that's okay. It's better than allowing the puck to stay in the zone. Uh, But it wasn't, uh, they did not really control the puck very well in the second period. What they did was cash in on their chances. Then when they get to the third, this is where I thought Carolina, obviously they won the game. But to me, the way they played in the third period That was classic third-period, two-goal lead hockey. They choked the life out of the Rangers. They controlled the neutral zone. Uh, They were good on pucks. There were no giveaways. They killed off an early penalty to Justin Williams, took an interference penalty. I'm not arguing with that. There were a couple of other instances where I'm kind of surprised they didn't blow the whistle that would have given Carolina a penalty, but whatever. Um but Justin Williams goes off for interfering with Mika Zibanejad, and Carolina's penalty kill was dynamite. And then with about six minutes left, we get icing. Where Lindgren has to come up from his defensive point where Cable Caravine was bothering him. Now here comes Sebastian Ajo. He's got a break. In on Lundqvist. The Svechnikov, he scores! The hat trick for Andrei Svechnikov! The first one! That was just such a spectacular defensive play by Ajo inside his own blue line. He steals the puck, goes the other way, feels the pressure coming, knows that Svechnikov is trailing on the play, and he dishes it across, and Svechnikov goes up high over Lundqvist. It was 4-1. So Svechnikov, three goals. Ajo, three assists. Vatanen, two assists. The fourth line of Martinuk. Geeky and McGee, uh, McGee, <laughs> McGinn comes up with a a point each. They connect on that third goal. Uh, but this was about Peter Morozik, the stars and the depth for Carolina. They go on to win the game by the score 
of four to one. They can wrap this series up at eight o'clock tomorrow night, starting at eight o'clock tomorrow night with uh, game three of the qualifying series against the Rangers. Uh, and we'll talk about this uh, in a second. A couple of things before we take a break and uh, we come back and we talk to Alec. These have been, look, it's, it's, it's really hard to gauge, and there have been spectacular games offensively played by the likes of Aho and Svechnikov and Teravainen. And we're not going to take anything away from what they're capable of offensively. But when Sebastian Ajo is playing like he did today defensively, he is a game-changing player. Because it wasn't just on the two goals where Ajo and Svech are defensively responsible. And Svechnikov had a back check early in the game that uh, that erased a scoring chance. And Ajo picked off a pass. Uh, I don't believe it was on a power play, but he picked off a pass that was going cross-size for Capo Caco, read the play, uh, foiled the play, and then went the other way with it and just got it out of harm's way. But there was so much of that. And Ajo was a pickpocket machine in game one. But there was so much good defensive play by their forwards that when Carolina does that, they are a hard team to score against because basically all of their forwards understand defensive responsibility. And Ajo was spectacular today. Svechnikov, obviously, he scored three goals, man. The, and the uh, the first goal was tremendous. Uh, short side snipe on Lundqvist, four and a half minutes in. The second goal, the bomb from the slap, the slap shot on the power play uh, early in the second period. And then the icing uh, as Carolina puts the game away. And that, but the, that goal was really made by Sebastian Ajo. Peter Morazic. Let's talk real quick about Morazic. I mean... Without him, they're trailing after one. They're probably trailing after two. And I think he's going to start game three. I could be wrong. I mean, maybe it's the emotion of watching him play as well as he did, but I think that Rod's going to send him back out there for game three. You take advantage of Peter's uh, hot streaks when you see him because he is a streaky goaltender. And I'm not saying that James Reimer can't win a game. Absolutely can win a game. They've played very well in front of James Reimer. But I think he's going to go uh, back to Peter and go back to Peter to start against whoever they play, uh, assuming that things work out the way they're sub- we, we hope they will uh, in the first round of the actual playoffs. So I think Morazic was great, and I think Morazic will get a third straight start. And then I want to uh, briefly talk about the, uh, the depth. That fourth line, I know that you've been hearing me say this now for quite some time. But Morgan Geeky knows how to play. Two regular season games, two play-in games, and an exhibition game. Let's kick the exhibition game out. Because I don't remember a ton of what happened in the exhibition game, to be perfectly honest. Uh, But maybe it didn't matter. But Geeky, I have yet to see him out of position. And he's great on pucks. He's smart as hell. And he set up Jordan Martinook for the third goal of the game. And here's what five-on-five play, and here's what a two-goal lead will allow you to do. I I think it's interesting knowing that they have a game tomorrow night. Maybe not a classic back-to-back because a noon start versus an eight start gives you almost a day and a half uh, between games. But there was less than five minutes separating 
the forward who played the most, Aho, at sixteen thirty-eight, to the forward who played the least, at Geeky, at eleven forty something. Less than five minutes separated those the the most minutes and the least minutes among the forward group. Uh, part of that is you had a lead, but the other part of that is Rod trusts the guys he's got on the ice. And it's 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 very cool to watch Geeky play and play with as much poise and as well as he did because he deserves it. Uh, he's he, he had a very good season in the minor leagues for uh, Charlotte until that all shut down, until he was called up and he was not going back. Uh, and he has basically... Uh, he's made it impossible for Brendan Moore to take him out. And I I love it. It's I feel bad for Ryan Dezingle because he may have a hard time getting back in the lineup because Geeky's not coming out. Uh, if I had to guess, if if Dezingle was going to play, I said it last week, maybe it'll be for Nita Ryder. But I thought Nino did some really good things today on the defensive side of the puck. Uh, so And Rod has a trust factor with Nino that maybe he doesn't quite have yet with Dezingle. And then uh, one more thing before we break, and we'll talk to Alec Campbell on the other side. I don't think that this was vintage Hayden Fleury today. I do think Trevor Van Riemsdyk will draw in. It's not really about, uh, you know, that Fleury should come out. It's about Van Riemsdyk needs to play, and I think this is the opportunity to do it. So I, if I'm going to guess at the lineup, the only lineup change I think that Rod will make for Game 3 will be Van Riemsdyk in, playing with Jake Gardner, and Hayden Fleury uh, out watching. I thought Brady Shea was good, not as good as he was in Game 1. I thought Votnin was much better tonight than he was in Game 1. Jacob Slavin was spectacular again. He was typical Jacob Slavin. I thought Jake Gardner was really good today. Gardner played 17 minutes. I'd have to go back and and check, but I can't remember the last time Jake Gardner played 17 minutes in a hockey game uh, that didn't go uh, double overtime. Uh, The Hurricanes haven't had any double overtime games, obviously, this year. Uh, So that's the only lineup change I would make. All right, right before we uh, break, a reminder that the Morning After podcast brought to us by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, if it's for the exterior of your home, aluminumcompany.com is the place to go. Quick break, and then the host of Stormwatch and Aftermath, Alec Campbell, on the other side. So we bring in my friend Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath, at Alec Campbell 5 on Twitter. Uh, we talked a couple of times today. We uh, we agreed. First period, uh, not what Carolina would, uh, would want to put out there, but they got away with it because of Peter Morazic. Second right. period was better. Certainly helps when you score two goals in the first two twenty-two of the frame. Uh, but mm-hmm. it was it wasn't great. Third period though, uh, that was how you put away a game. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think so. So often we only look at the numbers about things, and sometimes things just don't pass the eye test. Adam, you know the Hurricanes looked okay in the first period, but they didn't look great even though they scored the first goal, which I think they were fortunate to score, because I don't think Lundqvist has been very sure. Um, I mean, that's a goal that was near side number one, so you're giving up the second near side goal to open a game in the series. 
Um, not to mention he got a piece of it and it went through his body. So the Hurricanes were a tad fortunate on the goal. Whatever, you, you know, you need some fortune to be success to be successful in the uh, in the playoffs. So that's cool. And then the Hurricanes come out and score two goals in the first two minutes and 22 seconds of the second period. And you give yourself a cushion there. You know, you give yourself a little bit of confidence. I feel like so often in the regular season, we'd seen the Hurricanes give up goals at inopportune times or get a goal and immediately give it away. And they didn't do it in this scenario. And I could even make the argument that the second Svechnikov goal was a little bit fortunate only because, you know, it's a big one-timer from distance that Lundqvist, I mean, he was squared up to and kind of saw and it fluttered over him. Maybe it knuckled a little bit, whatever, but I don't know. I just, you know, a sharp, a sharp Lundqvist probably makes those two saves either way they go in. And then, you get the fourth line getting rewarded for all the hard work they've done already in this series. They were probably the best line in the third period of game one. And then in this game, it's just a continuation of a lot of the good things you're seeing from Morgan Geeky, who just, he has a knack for the game. I mean, that's the best way that I can put it. Because Tripp mentioned that he's not the greatest skater you've ever seen. But he's smart, and he battles hard. And he battled once the blue line in front of the Ranger net. I think it was in the first period when the Hurricanes had a great shift from the fourth line. And then he battled behind the net to set up Martinuk for the goal. So they did well to give themselves a cushion. And then the third period, it was just kind of lights out for New York, who, I mean, just looked a little bit defeated for most of the period. And the Hurricanes could have gotten another one. I was begging for them to get a fifth goal on the power play late in the period. So (laughs) another really solid game for the Hurricanes. You can't discount the work that Peter Morozik did today because maybe without some of the big saves he has in the first period, you know, the game turns a different direction. Um, So he was big today, and now I think you have some decisions to make in terms of the goaltending and – Maybe some other roster moves. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to try and handle all these uh, things in a short period of time. Uh, I want to start with Geeky, uh, only because, and it's no, it's not just Geeky. I'm, I'm I people might think I'm infatuated with this kid, uh, but that entire line, the combination of that line, is really good because Geeky mm-hmm. actually is a very good defensive player. That's his rep. His rep. When you know the people I have talked to within the Hurricanes organization almost see Morgan Geeky as the the replacement down the road for what Jordan Stahl brings them. Now, he's never going to be as big as Stahl because right. Stahl's like twice of what, what, what Morgan Geeky is. As you a, can't a, teach size, Adam. You can't, <laughs> that's very true. But he's a, smart, he's a smart player. He wins face-offs. He won four out of his seven today. Uh, I think he won three out of, out of his four in game one. But uh, he, he just knows how to play the game. As you said, he knows where to be. Uh, and that line has been a pain in the rear end for the, for the Rangers for, the, for both games. They weren't on the ice a ton in game one because there was so much power play time and penalty kill time. But they played 12 minutes, almost 13 minutes, as a, not as a group, but maybe uh, you know, 10 minutes as a group today. And I agree. I think that I think they were just absolutely dynamite. So it, when you can roll four lines and be that good, 
it yeah. gives you it gives you a little bit of an edge. Yeah, I mean, I think these are there are two things that are starting to illuminate themselves a little more after two games now. The more I watch it, and the more I think about it, I think the Rangers really their only real chance, I think, is if the Hurricanes take a bunch of penalties yeah. and they they get their power play on the ice for an extended period of time because that allows them to get our that allows them to get Panarin and Zabanajad and Kreider and Buchnevich all together with a Tony D'Angelo or an Adam Fox. And, I mean, those five guys together are really offensively talented. Um, and the other thing is just the, the ability to exploit the bottom six. I mean, that was a key to the series where if the Hurricanes' top six can either match or best the Ranger top six, I mean, that opens everything up or the bottom six to take advantage of, you know, what are mostly made up of borderline NHLers and youth. Yeah. So those two things I think are illuminating themselves, but it's also the Hurricanes top line that is dominating the Rangers top <laughs> yes. line, really. I mean, I mean, Sebastian Ajo, I think was tremendous today. Yep. And we talked about yesterday about, and, and not just, I mean, he had three assists today, two of them primary, but, he had three takeaways today yep. and he had two takeaways yesterday and the takeaway that he had for that led to the, to the hat trick was just, I mean, that's just sure willpower at the defensive blue line, stealing the puck and moving it up ice and sliding it over. So you, you, you combine a, just a, a, a will to win, so to speak with the skill, the passing skill and the, and the, and the just the talent, the raw talent that he has. Um, to a guy like Svechnikov, and, you know, those guys have been really, really good. But, man, like all of the things I think that we <laughs> kind of pointed out as ways you can win the series are sort of proving themselves to be correct. Yeah, here's here's what, I guess, a two-goal lead, but also confidence in your, uh, in your fourth line will do. Less than five minutes of ice time separated Ajo, who had the most among forwards, from Geeky, who had the least. Five minutes. Ajo played 16-38. Again, you got a two-goal lead in the third period, and you can roll four lines. You don't have to uh, stretch anybody out, but that is pretty remarkable uh, to me when you think about uh, in a essentially a play-in game. It's this year's version of a playoff. It's not quite a playoff. It's a play-in. Yeah, so let's clarify that for a second because all of the stats – and when I read Mike Brown's notes, the game notes, right. Mike Brown of the Hurricanes PR staff, it's all talking about playoff. Are you sure it's playoff or is it postseason? Oh, I mean, See? now I'm not sure. Now I'm not sure, but like <laughs> everything is like, you know, first playoff goal or I don't know. But I'm just very confused. You know, even when they list the goals, it's like first goal of, of what? Of like, Shouldn't these be like continuations of the goals they had in the regular season? We know. Or are they playoff goals? They're playoff goals. It's okay, sem- then it's, it's the playoffs. It's semantics. It's semantics. All right, let's get to. Uh, we'll 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 save Mrazek for last. Uh, you know, I do uh, I do three stars at the end of every game. I copped out today. Uh, I gave Aho, Svechnikov, and Mrazek each a first star. Uh, you know, sometimes the stars <laughs> present themselves, Adam. You can't run from it. <laughs> so, I mean, 
truth be told, I think Aho was the best player. Uh, but Svechnikov had the hat trick, so how would you not give the guy with right. the hat trick the uh, the best player? But uh, I think we are seeing, as I, I think we've seen it, Aho made the defensive play in the middle of the ice that uh, nullified a chance that would have been a one-timer for Capo Caco. Uh, Svechnikov had a really good back check in the first period uh, to nullify a scoring opportunity. Aho's part of the penalty kill, which is what, 10 for 11? Is it not 10 for 11 in the first two games? Yeah. 9 of 10 or 10 for 11? Uh, I think they were uh, 3 of 4. 10 today. for 11. So, and, you know, Ajo's been a huge part of that. Um, but it is showing the maturation, and these guys, when they play both ends of the ice, they're incredibly dangerous. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, I've loved – those are the things that stood out for me for Ajo the last two games. I mean, we're pretty well aware of his – offensive ability. Sometimes it, it goes for long stretches at a time, but I wonder if, you know, Ajo doesn't, you know, re- remember last year's playoffs, which was sort of substandard for him. And Tripp mentioned, you know, all the work that he wanted to do in the off season and during the break to, you know, talk, you know, learn face-offs and stuff like that. The video, the film study that he did. So, I mean, he's been, He's been huge for them, and it's the theory of Rod Brindabor. He, he doesn't talk about defense in the way of just defensemen. He talks about it, you know, as team defense. So, I mean, there's been a lot of guys that have contributed in that way, and I think that's been a huge factor for them. All right, Peter Morazic. Uh He's coming back out there for game three, right? I think so. I mean, I don't see why you don't. I mean, he only had to face 24 shots today. I feel like that's not that many, although he did make, you know, he did have to make three or four spectacular saves. But, hey, listen, you don't have to travel. Peter Morazic is the guy that you roll with when he's going well. I mean, and also, I think Tripp made a really good point in the aftermath. Like, why would you give the Rangers – any reason, this might be the best point. Why would you give the Rangers like a reset on the goaltender if you threw Reimer out there? And it's not really to disparage Reimer. I'm sure he would do a, a, a very good job. But it's like I could see the Rangers not seeing Peter Morazic and going, oh, we got a new goaltender here. Maybe we've got somewhat of a new lease on life. Right now, Peter Morazic, he's stonewalling them. Yeah. So, you know, you play the mental side of this too, but physically, didn't get a ton of work today. Don't have to travel. You got more than a day to recover. You got a chance for a sweep. They'll be fired up. I say you're all Mraz. Yeah, I do too. And I think he had a he basically had the third period off for the most part. Yeah. Carolina was so good. And I think you were right about the Rangers. Uh, I kind of think that they looked kind of defeated in the third period. All right, so uh, to me, there will be one lineup change. Uh, going to Game 3. I'll be surprised if Rod doesn't get Trevor Van Riemsdyk in. Uh, And and I think Hayden Flory was just okay today. Um, Mm -hmm. So if if there's going to be a move, I think that it'll be Van Riemsdyk in for uh, Flory. I don't know if he'll make a move with the Zingle, but how do you see that? I I would agree with that. I I thought that Flory's pairing today was a little shaky they weren't terrible but they were a little bit shaky and I think I think you got to get Van Riemsdyk a game 
Um, and I also wonder if Dougie does, like, let's say they lose tomorrow and they end up playing a game four and Dougie's able to come back. I mean, do you, do you, if you get Van Riemsdyk in the game in that situation, you've got, you can play everyone on their natural sides, theoretically. Um, so maybe you're thinking ahead a little bit. Let's get, let's not let Van Riemsdyk sit for too long. Even though I've liked Hayden Fleury, I'm a, I'm a Hayden Fleury guy these days. Uh, but yeah, I think tomorrow's an adequate time to do it on the forward side of it. I just don't see any reason to bring Dezingo into the mix. I think Nino's been pretty good. Yeah, to be honest with you, he's I think he's today, done a lot of. Yeah, I think he's done a lot of little things good. Yesterday, he was getting in front of the net, using his big body, creating some traffic. Um, so I don't think you go away from that. I know Dezingo played well in the exhibition, but it was an exhibition, and you know he makes me nervous in terms of his defensive game and. They've got a good thing going right now with the guys that are out there. Yeah, I think the forward group will stay intact. I do think that we'll see Van Riemsdyk in for Fleury. Uh, and I agree. I think Peter Morazic, uh will uh, will get the nod from Rod Vindemore for Game 3, which is tomorrow night uh, at 8 o'clock. Before we say goodbye, any other observations that you could think of uh, regarding what we saw? I mean, it wasn't as good as they played in terms of solid and mistake-free and as they were in Game 1. They were probably a little bit better offensively here in Game 2. Um, but, I mean, what are your thoughts? No, I mean, I was just going to say, like, the idea that you didn't play your best game and still came away with a three-goal win, I guess, is encouraging. Uh, I still think the Hurricanes were better in just about every facet of the game today. So, I mean, it, there's, there's not much really to complain about. So, I mean, if you can, if you can win when you're not playing your best, then that's even better. So that's, that, that's, that's all I really got, I guess. I don't have much else. Signing off then uh, with the, yes, better team wins the game. Have right. film at 11. Uh, all right, Alec Campbell, we, we will be watching. Score more goals. <laughs> we will be watching for uh, Stormwatch tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, uh, correct? That is correct, sir. All right, sir. Uh, you are a gentleman. Follow him on Twitter at a um, – I was giving you uh, – giving my Twitter uh, handle out. <laughs> at Alec Campbell 5. Uh, so do that if you know what's good for you. We'll uh, We'll talk to you later. Peace. And that does it. The Hurricanes have played two games. They have won two games. My math tells me that if they win one more game, not only is it a winning streak, but it will put a fork in the New York Rangers. Uh, the Hurricanes with a commanding 2-0 series lead in this best-of-five qualifying series. And, of course, the Morning After podcast brought to you by... Our friends at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, it's at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, aluminumcompany.com. I am Adam Gold. Thanks for hanging out. This has been the Morning After Podcast, part of the Canes Corner Podcast Series, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sportsfan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. 
Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.